Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art Insight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was intended. So, Steve, creates that for me. What's this one about? Stamp, stamp like an Egyptian. So okay. Go on then, go on then. Okay, so, so this is interactive. So you've got a little card, yeah. and the card goes under what is this a stamp? Looks like a stamp. Can you get it under I there? Don't just, can I? I don't know how to sit. Oh, 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 I got it. I mean, oh, you got, I mean, it, got it. Yeah. So you slide the stamp under. You push it, and there you go. It's embossed the picture of um, Osiris, the eye. Osiris's eye onto a lovely stamp, and now you've got your own. Memory. Board and stamp. Your own board and stamp. Yeah, that's it. That's that a, so a cool? lovely little interactive. And there's two circles for you to, to stamp different things. So you've got to maybe put it in sideways. Okay, okay. Oh, sideways, is it? Oh, it's that way. Yes. Let's <laughs> be going that way. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. this is, so on reading one of these, it's saying you've clocked in to the port of Plymouth uh, and you've got to collect your Egyptian stamps and then you put go. it in the you put it in these machines, which stamps it down. Really interactive. You get to take it home, and and uh, and it becomes a gift to you. I like that. That's really interesting. It's a free interactive educational gift. Just just right there. Really interesting. I mean, these these side rooms are quite dark. I mean, how are you finding that for your eyes generally? I like I, something about this light in here. It, I don't have to what the color of the, the walls are, um, but it's it, it's almost like that. You my UV light in. For my exhibition, so I find it really relaxing. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, not not you know. I know sometimes big changes in light view can cause you kind of disorientation. Mm. And, so and the lights in here, like say they strip light in, are oh my god, that strip light that's going to hurt my eyes. It's really subtle, but really clever. I'm just going to see if that's oh, it's raised. I thought it's it was going to be embedded inside the wall, but oh, and the wall's got a really weird feel to it. Almost like a fur paint. There you go. And at the end of each of these lines of light that come along, so the bottom of this one, it's got Napoleon Bonaparte, 1815, St. Helena, South Atlantic Ocean, and it gives you the nautical... Uh, Isn't that the, the, be the best place to put some Braille? Ah, yeah. So you know what I mean? Exactly, because you're on the wall, be... they're not... It, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, can, I can't make any of that because of the nature of the room, but that would be the best place to put Braille over top. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. What a good point that is. And so as we walk through this, I mean, there's a hundred journeys and there's lots of these glass cabinets. And then, you, know, you can probably hear that the depth of knowledge in them is, is extensive. And but I, I mean, yeah, I say, you want to go back to the globe and play with the globe. I know, that the globe, honestly, globe, the globe really draws you in because as you sort of stand looking across from this quite large room, it's constantly sort of spinning around. And at the moment, looking back over, it's sort of mapping and charting a journey of, of exploration of a boat sort of going around the world. Really interesting stuff. It's like Plymouth was the centre of the world back in its time. Yeah, and I think that's, feels, that's important feels like for it. place, isn't it? It's important for place to understand its part in the world and its history. It connects people to that place. I think we've gone back to wartime. Feels like yeah, it. so now we've walked into another section, which is the history of, of Plymouth, the Navy town. Absolutely, and there's a cabinet in front of us with multiple different uh, ship replicas 
showing you the different types of shit. What's this one called? War Spite. And then there's HMS War Spite. HMS War Spite was built and commissioned in Devonport and took part in the First and Second World Wars after seeing action in the Battle of Jutland in 1916, where she lost 16 crewmen as extensively damaged. The rest of her active service involved carrying out patrols. And you can see, you know, this is what an interesting little... So this, so this ship's it's got a biplane uh, sort of coming. I've never seen that before. You know, modern wow. aircraft carriers, you know, obviously they Come. fly off the front. This has got a little biplane just sort of off the side. It looks like it's on some kind of a sort of, you know, it will be propelled off the side. You know, how would it land though? Would, would it be a water plane? Because, you know, how would that how would that get back onto board a ship like that? <laughs> that's a really good question, Clark. Isn't it? It's a really like, good question. Like I say, it's, it, I mean, that's really interesting. I know. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that. That, that interesting little... Again, it makes you want to go home and do a bit of research yeah. yourself. Yeah. Oh, and that, you know, we, now inside this room, there's a sort of a room inside a room, and we've sort of walked inside this box, and it's giving us uh, historical reference to years all the way back from 1297, all the way around the wall, giving us instances of the use of Plymouth. In oh, so the nearest one to mine. So I was born in 81. So let's look so at my right There's 1980. Okay. So it says 12 years after the late last warship was built in Plymouth, the nuclear submarine refit complex opens along with one of Europe's largest cranes capable of removing the nuclear core from the vessels. Devonport is now the only place in the UK capable of refueling and defueling nuclear submarines. 13 decommissioned vessels reside in Dev Devonport, including HMS Conqueror, which sank the Belgrano during the Falklands War. And my dad was a submariner. Wow, uh, you know it's uh, it's so an this, interesting. You've got a very personal connection. Yeah, to it. you know, you like you say you were born here. Yeah, like around you know that was in 1981. So well, that's why my dad came probably came to this place then, you know, because stationed here because you know this submariner and this was the only place worked on nuclear submarine. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it, and it goes right up to today. So to make it really relevant, sort of illustrating what the the naval. Um, and this relationship is, is with the city, and this is the big model of the of of the navy. You know, people think obviously Portsmouth is home in the navy, but it's also Plymouth is as well. And Plymouth's huge uh, yeah. dry docks. You know, the, the submarines and uh, yeah. So their dockyard, it's got a huge replica of a dockyard showing its formation and how it's you know developed as a big model. So you can really see it. I mean, it's a lovely, lovely model. Oh, and over here. There's a periscope, um, you know, so right hanging down from the ceiling as if you were in the submarine, just right ahead. And, you know, somebody visiting the gallery is taking a look through just to show how interactive this place really is. So much, so much history, information and, and a fun history. It's not, it's not, oh, 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 I'm going to have to go to go put uh, the box to learn about history for in school, because if I... I live to school down here. I would love to come every time. I know many times you'd probably come along with your school. So we're walking through these great big glass double doors. Thought I'd mention as well, just so many different ways to enter this into this. Of, of what I was saying, so many different ways of of displaying tech. So you know, right next to us here is another huge screen, and it's sort of showing us videos from sort of like the eighties of how the dockyard would have been. So you've got all these mopeds and motorbikes and bikes you know i can remember my mum telling me stories about dockyard and riding out on their bikes and there's a huge wall everyone's wearing their, got their beards and you know it's a real living version um, you know which really makes it 
come alive and it makes it much more interesting and the way it's been curated in different ways to keep it interesting as you go through it's not just a glass box and a stuffed figurine it's not just you know an artifact with a tiny piece of information you know you've got big screens you've got that globe in there you've got an interactive periscope you've got models you've got all sorts of different... and like i said it's weird we've just walked through some doors and you've got a big screen to your to your left and then like i said you've got the you know you stand up i didn't realize there was a screen until we walked through the door and closed the door behind you and there was a screen yeah it was strange absolutely but now we're, we're now we're in another room which is all about the fisheries and how the fishing and, and that interactive in that part of this this particular part of the world has been influenced by all and the, the another video wall there kind of very modern video been made you know looking at what looks like modern fishing in the city right now but right next to it there's a huge cabinet with a beautiful model of a huge sailing old sailing ship um it's an interesting space that it, it, each of the spaces are so so different um you may well to hear some of this stuff once again the lot what i really like about the the interactive elements the videos is is we don't have to they're they're playing for us you know we we we're drawn to it because it's it's drawing us in Ooh, i love nautical stuff i really do and there's lots in again there's another interaction play set i mean this is a oh to build a, a lighthouse build a lighthouse so you yeah. want to see if you can tack yes yeah, tactile oh, tactile a whole essentially a jigsaw of a, of a lighthouse which you know it's just right here you know it's waiting for us oh, oh so yeah you, know, you need to feel the build i think you you need a larger bit for the bottom there i think I'm going to go with this one, man. This one, is that the one? Or is that in half? I thought, I thought that could be the one. I mean, oh, we, we're, we're, we're grown adults <laughs> and we're, we're playing with a, a, a wooden model of a lighthouse. So, you know, once again, another really creative idea. Oh, this beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, so there's another, another cabinet with a selection of what looks like very ornate silver. Um, and I'm not completely sure, you know, how it describes. So, the Winstanley Salt, late 1600s, the building of Winstanley's lighthouse between 1698 and 1703 is commemorated significantly in this giant silver salt cellar created by Plymouth silversmith Peter Rowe. Wow, can you imagine that? A grand banquet. You know, pass the salt, please. What I like about this being a museum element is actually like there's, a, there's artisans' work everywhere. You know, and so now we've like walking past it. Now there's a beautiful traditional painting, which is called the Eddystone Lighthouse. And there's a huge wave in a very traditional painting style just crashing over the lighthouse. And the only part of the lighthouse you can see is the size of the wave. Is the only part as you can see is the light shining out at the top. It's actually powerful, powerful picture. It shows you the power of the sea and the lighthouse there standing firm to help those to safety. But I'll spot and swear, if the, if the sea was that rough, Good luck. I've always wanted to live in the lighthouse. Yeah, always. Well, we'll go see if we can visit one later. Oh, fascinating. Fascinating it's... ways of just, just illustrating the history of this place. And again, technology is coming up. Are we standing there? Are we able to stand on that? I don't. I think you can, you know. Yeah. So, I oh think my can, God. Yes. Another massively interactive piece. So, this is a huge video wall. Can we? It's a huge video wall, which you can stand inside. 
So you can stand on the floor. Oh, it, oh it's changing. It's changed. So the floor it's changing through time. Time. And the sun rising over the back and the front showing you the various different crafting of, of the ages. And you might be able to hear what they're saying, but I think, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm not sure if I am actually allowed to do this, but we're standing right inside it. I mean, if you're not allowed to stand inside it, then we're going to get told off. But it feels, I'm it's like a video interactive space. It's uh, what, once again, creativity abounds, you know, like how exciting is it? Yeah, in a minute, I'm going to take, when we leave, I'll take a picture of you standing inside oh, it if we're allowed. But, that is so cool. I mean, I wish it said whether we were allowed or not, but it doesn't say we're not allowed. No. So. Oh, talking about the Mayflower there. That's amazing. We call it light installation, I suppose. I just, I think, you know, without knowing what we were going to see, mm. uh, to see just how creative this 100 Journeys exhibit is. It's, it's like, it's like a cinema, but a 3D IMAX cinema. You know, and obviously with our relationship in Portsmouth with the university and CCXR and, and Pippa, you know. This is amazing. Pippa and the guys down in Pompey, they've got a whole interactive screen very much like this where you can get inside and, and video. But this has been created beautifully. And it's also it's so huge that, you know, it's sort of the skyscapes going across with the sun. And sort of, it really oh, makes us through shipwrecks now. Aren't we? Yeah, we're sort of doing a 3D fly through under the sea, looking at all the ships and things that have been that have been sunk. I mean, what an inspirational exhibit that is! And now we're sort of pulling back. We're coming up, and now we see a lot. Oh wow! I mean, I think wow, just wow. <laughs> and, the, and the because the the, the 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 bottom part is actually on the floor, you know, and it's an illustration of the sea. It looks like the floor is water absolutely it makes that's, and it also makes the way that because it's like got that depth to it you know the waves are coming over they almost look like a hologram wow but the people of and it's all talking about that place isn't it it's, i mean what a beautiful way to connect people to place really show them the power of their history this is one of the best wow. things i've ever seen in a museum in my life Sight or no sight? No, I mean, I'm, I just, now we're under the water again. It's very, it's alluring. You kind of can't walk away from it. Actually, turning around, I felt a bit dizzy because you're really sucked into that. You want to know about that. The history is going by so quickly and it's so interesting. It is. You know, often when you look at a video installation, you know, you're kind of sitting there, there's a screen in front of you, much like a lot of the other things in here, but here, yeah, you feel like you're part of it. And any many parts of it. Now we're looking up from the Spurs Eye view from the harbour, looking out of this tiny you know, what a what a really interesting it, Oh it shows that like how the the city is built up over time. time. There you go. So my dad was stationed somewhere in there. Mm, absolutely. And I was born somewhere. Look at the tiny okay. little boats that, you know, you're looking down as if you're in an aeroplane. I mean, that is, uh, and now it shows you from night and they put in old archive video footage of, of various different shipbuilding elements and modern day, how that's evolved. Really fascinating stuff. Wow. wow. What a nice way to sort of wander through and come out. So now we're, well, basically, we're back out into the out auditorium. Yeah, I so, mean, we're, we're going to take a maybe walk upstairs just to see, but I don't think there's much going on. But we're just going to take a walk up and have a look. Well, let's see. So, but that was 
That is fascinating. Yeah, so now we're back in the, the main auditorium. And so the lights, you know, the light is much brighter again. Yeah, so yeah, good idea. <laughs> Put your glasses back on so you don't disorientate yourself. And uh, we're going up these, these lovely car stairs. And we've got these lovely old stairwell going up. Probably hear how high the ceilings are. And there, there is a there is an there is a an art piece right in front of us, which um, I think you might be able to touch this, brother. And uh, the forms are very familiar. Yeah. So before I say it, <laughs> who do you think sculpted this? Oh, this, this is it's got to be Hepworth, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes. And you know what? Over this little phase, I think she's been a little bit of a golden thread through our experience. For this last know? couple of days, she was, we went there. We really engaged with her, and I honestly loved being in her space. And now here. And then we went to the Tate, and there was another piece I felt welcomed by it. And here again, to walk up the stairs into this beautiful stairwell and just be able to touch it again. These feel like the tools that she's made her artwork with. They feel like chisels. Yeah, so this is three, uh, so it's about two and a half foot tall. There's three pillars in different formations that sort of all go up. It was sort of partly reminiscent of the Magic Stones without perhaps all the out part, but it's very smooth again. I say, it does feel like that these are the tools that she makes her work with. There you go. And then it, they, she has got that sort of, the obviously she's obviously smooth edges and those geometric lines, which she's, you know, we've now come to immerse ourselves in. And this is actually, you know, as, as traditionally with her, work. with her, you know, very straightforward, literal. So it's just called three forms. And it's, uh, right. it's made in bronze. Fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Well, and let's uh, let's take a walk up this second set of stairs as we turn back on our stairs. It's, it's weird that we, we've stood on it because we didn't see any signs. Well, yeah, I think that's us sort of uh, pushing our own boundaries, isn't it? I think when we um, when we're interacting ourselves with things, I think we, I at least, when we're doing this this podcast, you know, go from the perspective of if they don't tell us not to, then we will. Yeah, you know, it's strange, respects, and lots of people won't. We didn't damage it. We just no. we again. There you go, marble piece. Marble, and she obviously she loves these piercings. So we've up on the landing. The, 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 the again, it floor. feels like a, a very grand home. Yeah, your home with the exactly. Landing. You've got another uh, Barbara Hepworth piece. Absolutely lovely, and this is a a great big uh, circle of of marble, probably about a foot deep and round, and it's got a beautiful piercing going all the way through the middle. So once again, you can touch it, sort of like cut away in the middle. So it's sort of like a, it's, so the, essentially this is a beautiful, another beautiful Barbara Hepworth piece. Uh, and obviously, you know, with her work, we will come to, I've come to love her simplicity. And actually this is called Constellation. And, well, it has a bit uh, more of a, uh, uh, um, a a title I mean, once work. again you know we were talking about a connection with the future and potentially this otherworldly thing like this alien stuff and there you go she's kind of got constellation there which i you know we're walking away from just now so if we just it feels this to... this is really an unusual thing it feels like we're we talked about the idea of raising our voice and our voice we are in a library aren't we yeah so we talk about galleries not being yeah. libraries talk in a library and uh, we've literally walked into a library. But this library is not like other libraries because it doesn't feel like you have to be quiet in here. You know, there's, there's, there's people here doing that. There's a whole, actually, we're interrupting a little class that's going on. So maybe we should walk the, the other way. Well, let, okay, yeah. let's, let's, whilst they're doing that, we'll walk in the other way. 
So there's a um, as a memorial for the queen. A memorial for the queens. Once again, very interestingly done. So all the screens at the back are all lit up, huge white walls and uh, lots of different images of the queen all around. So it's sort of showing her interaction with Plymouth over what must be the years, and there's a fairly large number of people there respectfully kind of yeah. enjoying that. Uh, enjoying that once again. A really well reflection, curated. considering many other week. Indeed. So if we, uh, I think we can access this next room up here to the left. I don't know how much is in there, but we'll. Oh, and I think this is also. Uh, wow. So this is the last room. Again, technology. Yeah, the way that each of the rooms. This is called their media lab. So they've got all these video walls, and once again, the lighting is dark and they're sort of blacked and reversed out all of these lovely descriptions of various different parts of the city and how it how it's been part of the the development of the place you know so you've got stuff about the colleges and the markets it's a, a strange room obviously you've got the library juxtaposition to it and then the the rooms you can't enter are the ones that have got the new art in so you have contemporary art next to what is basically an old room with full of TVs, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just sort of showing some heritage of this media. And right behind you, there's a little green screen room with some uh, some ceiling mounted video cameras and you know booms coming down with audio mics. And it's so this like is a working space. So this space is a working space that people use, university students use to come in. I think that's what's nice. This up upstairs seems more of an educational area uh, alongside what was already downstairs and. I can hear the Queen. Yeah. It's nice to have this in in in, in the city of Plymouth to come explore. Yeah, I mean this whole section that we're walking into now is you might be able to hear on the back of the audio. There's a whole huge three walls of video screens seating all in front to to illustrate a lot of the old video uh, uh, that's been collected for the city when the Queen's been in. Now there's a whole spectrum, hundreds of pictures sort of floating across, so you can to see how she's interacting with the city. photo album. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Once again, such a creative way of using tech and... What's, happened, what's and happened in you know, the last week? It's beautiful. And you can probably hear the audio there, just sort of setting the tone. That's really nice. I'm glad, you know, we've come to this point in time and you're going to hear this on this podcast, you know, about the Queen, what she meant to this country. And it's nice that we've, and a museum can celebrate her life. Absolutely. So, and I mean, every, every city in the country, every city in the country will have this type of footage, but I'm pretty sure that not every city in the country will be playing such a, a poignant tribute with such depth. I mean, they've created this in a week. And it's uh, it's really you know you can see you know pictures of her through the ages, different outfits, different times coming back, meeting different people. Really, you know, how many times has she been to every city? And I mean, it just shows you the amount of people she would have interacted with and touched with the work that she, that she did. So and so much information here; it's almost difficult to take it in. Do we? It is, isn't it? It's a strange. Strange room. Right. I, I think, think it's um, very respectful. Room. 
Yeah, really. Yeah, make sure you really come out contemplating. What an interesting journey we've been on in Plymouth. I mean, it's not quite the one that we would normally have spent looking at contemporary art, but it's a lovely. The way that I think it's the way the building has embraced culture. I think mean, that's the key for this podcast. Uh, and it, in a way, the you know, this journey of the West Country, you know, it's it's not about oh, let's go see a contemporary gallery. It's about what the building can do for art and history. And the community. I think what I really loved about this building is it feels so welcoming to just regular people off the street. You know, so many different ways to interact, making it really interesting. I mean, competing with the likes of your Xbox and competing with the likes of, you know, VR. You know, they've, they've made it interactive. Anyway. I mean, the Globe downstairs, you know, would grace any building in the country. It'd be interesting for anybody, wherever you come from, you'd come here to see that. And obviously lots of the places we've seen haven't been quite as tech advanced as this. And actually the size of it, I mean, and maybe on another occasion we'll come back when we can visit the exhibitions just to give a perspective on that. Or, or how the art interacts with an older building. Yeah, and if that is, if it's of the standard of what we've seen so far, I can't wait. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Steve. Cheers. Till next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description, or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time.